This season of Arts and Farts is brought to you by ArtpreneurGuide.com, turning struggle into opportunity. You can go on to ArtpreneurGuide.com to get all the tools you need to take your creative business to the next level. Hey guys, it's your girl Mel and I am finally back with season two of Arts and Farts. And you know I am super excited because I have totally missed you guys. And we are trying out a completely different format this season. We're only doing five episodes. And in those five episodes, you and I are in conversation with five completely different creatives on five completely different journeys. Each episode is a different journey. And we are figuring out how they got where they are and how they're getting where they're going so that we can apply some of the lessons they've learned to our own journeys. But we can't get where we're going unless we take off. The name of this season is Destination. So let's take flight. All right. So (laughs) for the benefit of the audience, because I feel like I've known you forever and a day. Word. (laughs) Um... Can you tell us who you are, meaning what's your name, what do you do, any other meaningful descriptors that you have for yourself that you'd like us to know? Awesome. Um, my name is Sidel Scotton. I've been going by Sid because the spelling of my name is, um, I guess, hard for most people to pronounce. Um, I am an, a visual artist, whatever that actually means, but I paint stuff. I do murals, I do paint parties, I do sneakers, I do clothing design. So it's hard to actually put myself in a category, as popular as that may sound. Um, I also am a uh, girls basketball coach. Um, I work for the Department of Education in New York. And um, hopefully I'm an all-around nice and cool guy. That's my description of myself. (laughs) <laughs> An all-around nice and cool guy. Yeah, that's what I'm striving for. I'm not even striving to be the greatest artist ever. I just want everybody to, yo, that guy was cool. He was. That's that's what you want your legacy to be. Yeah, he was nice. Like I enjoyed my time around him. I don't care what we were doing; we had fun. There was never a dull negative moment. Okay, and well, you, and you knowing me very well. <laughs> Can contest that that is a sure thing. <laughs> he is a fun guy. <laughs> okay, well, that's a great segue into the second question, which is, why do you do what you do? Like, what's the underlying intent or purpose of your work? All right. Not to sound like any type of activist or anything like that, but um, I'm very involved in my community. I was raised in Brownsville, Brooklyn, which is a, a, a notoriously bad neighborhood in Brooklyn despite the fact that as we speak, it's being gentrified, just like the Crown Heights and the Harlem's and the Bed-Stuy. Do y'all got Starbucks yet? That's how you know. No, no, no. That's not how you know. <laughs> you know the fillers, when you start seeing the people of lighter um, complexions. Well, yeah, but they block. come... Well, no, because the poor ones come first. The artists right. come first. They bring the artists and the poor ones there to feel it out, to see how yes. you're going to react to them. And then, then when the rent- they're there, once they have the implant there, it's like okay, Starbucks, boom, Chipotle, yeah. bang. Let me get a let me get a, a computer 
uh, tech place around the corner and we need a coffee shop now. Yeah, and you start to see a lot of the liquor stores close. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I've seen my closest liquor store close. They had the best prices in the neighborhood and they're gone. So my intent is I, I actually work in my neighborhood. Every um, I do community service in my neighborhood. My intent is not only to do this for myself, my family, and all that, but do it for my neighborhood and to remind people that um, black neighborhoods aren't as bad as they appear to the world. As as our as our neighborhoods are being torn apart, and not necessarily in a brutal, violent way, but just through a change of culture. There's there, where there used to be a West Indian spot, there's now a Japanese spot. Uh, where there used to be a Black-owned business, there's now um, a coffee shop run by a bunch of young uh, hipsters that are from Ohio or something like that. Uh, and that is, a, a, is them taking our culture and dispersing it, putting it in other places instead of a concentrated place. And what I want to do is keep some of that culture in my neighborhood. Be able to do something for my neighborhood and be a positive influence or a positive model that there are ways to hustle culturally and do significant things to help the people around you and not just be a vulture of society. Okay, well, what has been the most challenging aspect of that and by extension, your creative life so far and how have you overcome it? The hardest part I feel for any creative is really just sticking to the um, sticking to the plan, sticking to the goal and keeping the dream because it's, it's very easy to get caught up in, I have to pay my bills or my last work wasn't as good as my, my, my next work. Uh, or even just the um, the reality of there's a million people doing the same exact thing I do. Maybe not exactly how I do it, but there's at least a million people doing exactly what I do. And that person might be 25 years younger and and better looking. So they might be more marketable than me as well. So um, how do you break through that? Or how way, have you broken through that? Um, I f- uh, the way to break through it is just to find what it is that you're really doing it for, what it is that you're really passionate about and holding on to that with dear life. Um, the most important thing in life for most people is to find their direction, find what they're supposed to be doing in life. And when you find that, you have to hold it. For an artist, it, it, for an artist on, a, on a surface level, it makes it easier. If I'm Faith Evans or Whitney Houston and I'm out here teaching, um, I might be empowering the youth, but God put me here for a reason. He didn't give me that gift for no reason. Whether it be the best sweeper in the world or the best basketball player in the world, you're given that for a reason. Um, Not to use it leaves you with that void of, did I do enough? Have I accomplished enough? Where am I now in life? And and, and like I said, for an artist, it makes it a little easier because like I draw something, I'm like, oh, and then I see somebody's um, reaction to it, and it's like, oh, okay, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And now it's a matter of how to do it, making some type of money off of it, and then keeping true to that dream, as far as I'm concerned. Because that's the thing. The thing about the, the reason I say the money thing is, once you can find actually niche, uh, actual niche in something, especially in this world, especially living in America, 
then you feel more confident about it. It's like, okay, I actually found a way to be successful with this. Yeah, let's somebody's willing to pay me for it. Right. Let's keep yeah, going. Even if it's not paying, even if what you're doing is not even to get money, is to get attention or to build something. Once it starts working, you can actually materialize your dream and see it in front of you. You have to hold that. You have to like, you can't be like, well, I failed five times. Hold on to that one time you succeeded. Because three, four years from now, you, you can end up being in some really cool positions like myself. Okay. Okay. Well, so you're in your journey, you're holding on to that thing that keeps you going. But what is (laughs) your life with everything that you have? But what is that? Because I I firmly believe that you start every journey with the end in mind, with a destination in mind. For Sidel Scott, what is that destination? Well, for me, that's a weird question because I'm, um, I'm not the, the uh, I've never been the most modest of person when discussing myself. To say that, I mean, I'm very confident in myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, and where I'm from, to whom much is given, much is required. So being that God is... Just for the audience sake, that was definitely the motto at our junior high school, our middle school. That's not just a motto. I live by that. No, but yes. I think that we all They embedded that that in us. Yes, they did. They embedded that in us, not just by saying it to us and putting it on t-shirts and stuff. They put you next to the smartest person you know. You might be the smartest person around you, but the smartest person you know now is sitting right next to you and then you look to your right and then there's this person that's smarter than that person. It was like, you're looking like, wow, we all have all of this. We better do something. And if I don't do something, this kid sitting next to me is going to be way better than you. That's something. So the competition and everything just embedded that, like you were given this to do something with it. Okay, well, I'm not asking you to be modest, though, because you were saying you're not the most humble, you're not the most modest. You don't have to be. Go balls to the wall. Let me let let the Leo out, then. (laughs) Let me let the Leo out. I'm going, I want, my end goal in this is to be mentioned with the greats. And I don't even mean the Andy Warhols and those guys. I mean the BK artists of Brooklyn, the the Ronald Drapers, the TTKs, all these New York City artists that like are very, very local as far as I know. But as far as I'm as far as I can see in New York, they have a, a strong impact, not only in the community, but as far as artists go and as far as uh, credibility goes. And that's what I'm looking for. I, I don't think I can take over the world before I take over New York. So I need okay. to be the best in New York. So you're looking to take over New York. Who's on your team? Who are the five people that you want with you at the end? You know, like with one of the questions you asked me, that's a hard question to answer because I want to bring everybody with me, which is impossible. Yes, but, but you I got five. From <laughs> the fat, and I, w- I would also like to like maybe can I take out my my family because that's easy. Can I take out my mom, my dad, and my two brothers? Because obviously they're coming. Even if they don't come on the journey, when I get there, I'm going to send them a, a flight to get to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But um, I have um, I have a, a, a cool support system. Um, and I, I say cool because it's like what they do isn't necessarily 
extremely hands-on all the time, but they're always there and it's always like very smooth when I do need the people that um, I am about to list. Uh, I hope I can make it to five. And this is a messed up question though, because anybody that listens to this is then going to be like, oh, so I can't go with you to the top of the mountaintops, bro. But um, I have a cousin that's like a brother to me. And um, he's always, he's actually been the one that he kind of introduced me to his lifestyle. We had a store in Dumbo called Fresh Concepts and right across from our store, was this amazing artist, um, Craig Miller. And uh, I used to see his stuff and be like, yo, I can do this. This is like maybe four years ago, five years ago. And um, and consistently throughout the years and throughout um, my career, this guy in particular um, has been like the, the, bat, the Robin to my Batman on my journey. So he's definitely coming with me. I also have a good friend of mine uh, named Terry, whom is a who is a an amazing amazing business mind. Uh, he manages one of the biggest DJs um, in the world right now, DJ Tunes, and he's been very influential. Even though he's younger than me, and like growing up, he was like my protege. He was like somebody I was molding to become someone. Mm-hmm. He's been very influential in my um in my career. Um, of course, my my current lady friend. I'm gonna keep that short. Um, but I have like God, a God daughter that I would love to bring with me. Uh, shout out to Alyssa, um, just to show her like that her godfather and all the things that we used to discuss when I was before this all happened, like little things I would joke about with her, um, are actually coming to pass. And, um, I think that's four. I think that's four. If I had to just choose anyone else. And I'm going to dip into my family. Um, I got to bring my little bro with me. My little brother has been um, like my roommate my entire life. Uh, we've we've gone from bathing together to living together in many different um, capacities. And um, you know what it's like to have a really close uh, sibling, obviously. And uh, yes, like. I do. <laughs> If there's one person in the world that I want to be sipping mojitos with and basking in my success with, it is definitely my younger brother. I'm sorry I called him a little brother earlier because he doesn't like it. He's only a year younger than me. He's so, he's so younger than you. He's taller than me and he's super successful, so he doesn't like <laughs> me calling him little brother. But I want my little brother with me on the top of the mountains. And uh, I think that's my five. Uh, no discredit to anybody else because if she would have given me ten, the rest of y'all would have been on that list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are probably the people that are the closest and dearest to me. So yeah, they're definitely, definitely coming with me. To the okay. So you know who you're taking with you. You know what your end goal is. What is one piece of advice you would give to somebody who is coming up behind you? Um, I think a very good piece of advice, and this is something I actually got from um, reading an interview of uh, a former scholarite as well, uh, a good friend of mine named Curtains. A good advice is to actually research what you're doing and get involved in what you're doing. And what I mean by that is, like, if you want to be an artist or whatever, you need to be on that scene. You need to see what these other artists are doing. You need to go to the Basils and the... Uh, 
the mom and pop art shows and stuff like that. So you can actually experience what this, uh, what the industry is like. Um, if you want to be a, a, a rapper, you need to go and find out what royalties and, and, and cause and, and what the, the comeback is going to be, or else you're investing a lot of time in something that you don't understand. Um, if I could give like an extended piece of advice to that is not only should you research and get involved in what you want to be, but then you need to, like we spoke about earlier, find a goal and stick to it and make it a priority in your life as much as your job, as much as uh, your family even. Like when people ask me right now, what do you do? I don't tell them I do my nine to five. I'm not even gonna tell you my nine to five right now because that's not my job. That's my second job. I tell them I'm an artist and that's that. I, I own it. I I hated calling myself an artist when I started because it sounded so like, oh, I'm an artist. And I'm like, nah, I'm just a guy to draw. But I literally used to describe myself as a guy that draws and colors in the lines better than you can. <laughs> Because the artist thing just sounded so pompous. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm this... Hey! I'm this I mean, I don't know. I graduated. Cultured and... I don't know, man. I don't but, know, man. I graduated. But, but I own it now. I make it a priority. When I was 19... I was when I was 19, I wasn't an artist. That's what I'm saying. I like, was telling how people I, that. How can I call myself an artist when you were 19? You've been doing this almost 20 years, 15 years, and I've been doing it for four years. I'm going to tell but, somebody, yeah, I am the same person that she is. No, because you are. You can say that you're an artist, but we're never going to be the same person. And my art is always going to look like me, and your product and your art your is always going to look like me. I, I look at your stuff, and I just... I know this isn't about me. I'm sorry, but I look at your stuff and I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, the art that I love is the stuff that I just don't understand. Like, and what I mean by don't understand is like, I can't do it. Like I look at it and I'm like, all right, normally I look at something, I can recreate anything. I look at your stuff and it's like a maze that I just can't get out of. (laughs) And I'm in this maze, like this is so dope. This is like, it's like the old King Kong game when you had to go down the levels, but it's so many levels of dopeness. And I'm like, yo, she's just so awesome. Oh, thank you. I like, like, I st- like I said before this started, I'm such a fan of your work, and I've always been a fan of you and your sister. You know that um, from riding the train. I used to make sure I was on the same train driver. <laughs> I enjoyed our conversations that much. The 10 minutes before I got off at Broadway Junction were magical for me. <laughs> Better than the tea I drink now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean that. And I'm glad I could use your podcast to tell you that. Even if, the, you. even if the face-to-face is through my MacBook. I'm glad I could tell you, <laughs> I'm glad I could tell you that. I know your sister's going to hear it. And I appreciate y'all so much. Seriously. Oh. Thank you so much. Thanks for agreeing to come on to the podcast. I'm sorry it took so long. I'm an artist, so, you know, you got to deal with artist stuff. You know what? Don't be giving us. <laughs> I'm an artist. You so, I'm going to own it. I'm an artist. Don't expect me to be, to be on time. I'll be right outside of your venue and look at the time like, oh, let me walk around the block a little bit more so I can be five minutes late. Lord. <laughs>
on that. Okay, I'm going to... A huge thank you to Sidel Scotton for coming through and blessing us with the story of his journey. <clears throat> I'm going to link to all of Sidel's wonderful work in the show notes. But what really got me today was when he said, keep the dream alive. And that brings us to our quote of the day. You have to dream before your dreams can come true. APJ Abdul Kalam. This episode of Arts and Farts was edited and produced by me, Melissa A. Matthews, with music from bensounds.com. On the next episode of Arts and Farts, we dig deep into the journey of life and creativity with life coach Marvin Marcano. Arts and Farts is a man-made production. Thanks for listening.